Welcome to SesterCast, the Orphan Black Podcast. I'm Jean McDonald, and I'm watching this series for the third time. My co-host, Kathy Campbell, is watching for the first time, and so we make sure not to spoil any storylines beyond the episode we are currently discussing. Well, Kathy, <laughs> spoilers are just falling right and left, and it's a big weight off my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that like it's getting easier for you <laughs> too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's what I, that's an important thing. It's getting easier for me. Uh, <laughs> not, uh, you know, as, when when Rachel lost her eye, I was like, "Oh my god, we have so long to go <laughs> before this finally, you know, comes full circle." And uh well, and I had forgotten with about the glitches mm-hmm. that she had seen, I'd forgotten that those happened. Yeah. And so when it started coming in, I was like, Oh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, that's, uh, I wish to dive right into this. This is us discussing orphan black episode seven of season five titled gag or throttle. Um, again, this is from the poem, Protest by Ella Wheeler Wilcox, and it's a very uh, nice one little line um, that this title comes from, which goes, speech, thank God, no vested power in this great day and land can gag or throttle. So, uh, you know, the ability to speak up for yourself and to, uh, uh, that the you know, implying like truth will eventually come out. Right. <laughs> I don't know how how uh, optimistic about that I'm feeling these days, but in Orphan Blackland, I am pretty optimistic that uh, the evil doers will be revealed. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, so this um, episode opens with a flashback to young Dr. Leakey and Rachel. Um, little Rachel, so um, the same actress who plays Charlotte is playing Little Rachel, um, and he's showing her off to a group of investors and talking about um, how genetics uh, and the impact of of environment on genes is the key to longevity. And I think you know they're just making it clearer and clearer that this is not really about um, improving the human race as a whole, but to you know, increase longevity of some people right. who have a lot of money. Um, <clears throat> and Rachel uh, shows off how she's the aware clone who knows her own tag number, um, which is 779H41. That's the first time we learn Rachel's tag number. And uh, yeah, but, and, but what we see like that gets uh, through this whole episode is little Rachel with her hands behind her back and she's, she's like fidgeting with her, picking at her, her cuticles or something. I mean, yeah, that's what, that's what it looks like, which is a common like stress tactic. Um, that's especially your hands are right there and it's easy to do. And throughout this entire episode, we see that in her, we learn that Sarah did the same thing, and we also see a little bit in Kira. Yes, <clears throat> that's right. And um, yeah, so from the scene, they 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 transition to um, it's a, it's like a neo board meeting, and PT is on the big screen, um, video conferencing in and talking about um, mitochondrial DNA, which. Uh, is different from the DNA we commonly uh, associate with our genetics. Um, it is only passed down through the mother. And if you watch any Forensic Files uh, episodes, it <laughs> comes up a lot because that's the DNA that they go to when they don't have um, the regular DNA and it's found like in hair shafts as opposed to um, uh, regular DNA is not found in your hair. Anyway, that's a... Big uh, tangent we will not go down, but uh, <laughs> it, it is pretty interesting. And so as uh, PT says, we have found our Eve. So we have a female whose DNA has been passed. Her mitochondrial DNA comes from the Lita clones. So, um, 
I wonder who that could be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, Rachel is talking then to the board because um, she's all like, you know, in her smug, I'm the, I'm the pro clone and I'm the one responsible for bringing Kira in. And we'll be doing biopsies of her liver, her lungs and her stomach. And Kira's walking in at this point and I'm sure she hears that. And then uh, Rachel introduces Kira to the board and says, this is our Eve. And she puts her arm around her just the way like Leaky did with uh, little Rachel. And it's like, that's really the theme of the whole show is yeah. uh, here we go again, um, messing up with a kid. Uh, so that is pretty scary. And then the credits roll. Um, we uh, we see Kira at uh, Dyad with Rachel um, and Rachel is like telling her she's got to, you know, it's bedtime, uh, too late to talk to your mom. Uh, it's, you know, it's already time for you to go to bed. And Kira, she gives Rachel a friendship bracelet, which was really, you know, sweet. And Rachel said, oh, I had one of these when I had a friend at camp. And they sort of shared this like moment of like how they have no friends because they move around a lot or, you know, their, yeah. their circumstances don't allow them to have friends. So um, again, underscoring that Rachel and Kira have something in common. And that Rachel yep. might be sympathetic towards Kira, which, you know, she always has been uh, interested in Kira, like, but more like coveting her as a child. And now. Right. She's desperate for a child. Yeah. Now I, I see her more like, you know, uh, relating to Kira as a person um, as yeah. well. Um, and so. You know, at the same time that Kira's, you know, not being allowed to call Sarah, Sarah is, um, so they show Sarah and Mrs. S. Um, and Sarah's like finding out on the phone, like she's not going to get to talk to Kira until tomorrow. And Mrs. S just like pulls out her rifle. She's like, we're getting her back. <laughs> right. She starts prepping the arsenal. <laughs> I like, and it's, it, it's so amusing to me that Mrs. S let Kira go as smoothly as she did mm -hmm. um, because normally anything that's related to Kira, she's going full throttle with whatever it would take to get her back. And it's, it's so interesting to me that it took this long yeah. for her to do that. Yeah, it definitely, you know, well, they, you know, they know something is up. Um, Especially, you know, that they're keeping Kira overnight, which was not in the original plan. And they don't trust Rachel because why would you? Um, and Sarah just is like, hey, hey, now you told me, you know, you taught me not to lose my head when things get, um, you know, get hard. And so it's interesting to see this swap of the roles where Sarah is the one saying, hey, let's. Let's not go off half cocked or full cocked. Yes. <laughs> right now. Uh, the, the scene switches to the rabbit hole. And I love this scene. I don't know. Oh, about my you. goodness. It was, it was so amazing because <laughs> Scott is being led by Hell Wizard down the stairs at the rabbit hole. And Scott's just like, I don't want to play D&D. &D. It's too late. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Hell Wizard goes, it's D&D &D in real life. And it's because Kasima's there. And earlier in the episode, Rachel had gotten a message that um, the boat had been found empty, floating away. And <laughs> Rachel, of course, is like, yeah, don't assume anything unless you see the bodies, which obviously has just been proven because they're alive. They managed yeah. to get away. Yeah. I mean, I have literally no idea how far away this island is from <laughs> where they are. I don't are. think anybody knows, but yeah. that's fine. We don't have to know. No. They keep showing things like, uh, um, you know, oh, Rachel's like jetting off there for it seems like a meeting and coming back. Whereas if it was really far, you know, a boat in that little speedboat, I I wouldn't be, 
very optimistic for Cosima's chances either. Yeah. So anyway, whatever. It's I guess because my this is my fixation with uh with maritime accidents. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> That's well, let's, fine. Let's, but basically, Cosima's put in um, – Cosima and Sarah start talking about the plan. Mm-hmm. Mainly, Cosima tells Sarah about what she learned about what the plan is for Kira. Mm-hmm. And that plan is, of course, to harvest eggs and, and be implanted in surrogates, to which Sarah just, like, loses it. Yeah. Um, and – uh Kasima is now working with the boys to figure out who Westmoreland is so that they can better um take him down. It'll yeah. be easier to take him down. They're going to find information all of like just see if they can figure out who PT Westmoreland used to be Uh, And who best to find contacts to manipulate like dyad and everything. Basically, it's just a major like fact finding mission. Yeah. Yeah. I like it's just so good to see Kasima back together with Scotty and Hell Wizard. And of course, she's the boss of them again. And it's like. I almost feel like, how did they get anything done without her? <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole lot, which no. is why they're so excited to have her back. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like mom is home, kind yes. of. Um, except Scotty's in love with Cosima. We know that, even though he he knows better, right? Uh, anyway, yeah. So, so while they're on the video conference, Allison <laughs> pops in, which I was not expecting, and there's Allison with her towel. Her, you know, she's like got her her hair wrapped up in a towel. She's, t- you know, apparently she's still in California, but going uh, back to uh, uh, Orphan Blackland, uh, Scarberia, the next day, and uh, she's just so concerned for Kira, and she wants to hear all about it. Um, and they sort of say, "Okay, we're taking you offline for that. We're not <laughs> repeating everything." Right. And. Uh, yeah, so that's how we know Allison is back in this episode, and I think we should just swap over to Allison, Allison Land, and uh, and have, yes, have our fun. <laughs> have our <laughs> because, fun with Allison so, and Donnie before things go really right. Crazy. Uh, so Allison in in the bit is in a um, like her hair is wrapped in a towel, and she's in a robe, and so she's all cozy and spa like. Which makes sense because when she shows up at the house where Donnie is like cleaning, he's like yes. <laughs> hardcore. Oh, got to clean up all the things. First he time. arranges flowers, right? Laundry, all of that. And then here comes Allison, and her hair is cut short, and she's got purple streaks in it. Yeah, and it's very different from anything that Allison would have worn, and yet still is n- very Allison. <laughs> in its subtlety, uh, you know, the the streaks won't show up very well in like darker lighting. So like it's not like she went platinum blonde or had neon pink or anything like <laughs> that. It's still very like together, but it's extreme in her mind because it's very mm-hmm. different from anything that she has ever probably done before. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I put a link in the show notes to it, but there was a little uh, feature with the guy who does the hair and makeup <laughs> for Orphan Black, and he said Allison has had these bangs probably, you know, since she was a kid, and uh, that was that was an interesting haircut for her to, you know, get because she's, you know, she's not going to grow out her bangs overnight, um, and the purple, I liked it. What did you think? Did you like it? Or yeah, did you say like, like Donnie, whoa, it's artsy. <laughs> well, and I can definitely see how Donnie would um, react that way because yeah. this is so different than anything that his mm-hmm. wife has ever done. And so I can definitely understand why he would be shocked, especially since she didn't warn him ahead of time almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but apparently he likes it well enough because he starts going in for a kiss and like grabs her butt and then he, mm-hmm. she winces mm-hmm. and is just like, uh, what's that? And we find out that she got a 
tattoo. <laughs> looks like liver deep. Liver deep. <laughs> that's that's like gotta be classic. Yeah. So she 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 reveals her tattoo to Donnie, who misreads it because let's face it, the the uh, the script. Um, is a little bit confusing. I mean, it's not that confusing. I, I actually went back and looked at it, like, you know, paused to make sure it really wasn't misspelled. It's just that the, the, the curly, the curly Q, Q off the E <laughs> it could be read as an R. And boy, yeah, talk about uh, undermining the thunder of uh, um, live deep, you know, so live yes. deep. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's a nice little tattoo. And uh, then, um, yeah, so then what, what happens next? There's another scene uh, with Allison and Donnie. And, of course, I'm thinking of you because I'm, like, picturing Alice. I'm, I'm picturing Kathy, like, at the back door saying, thank you very much. I'm happy to take this off your hands. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all of the scissors, all of the everything. Basically, Allison is going through and getting rid of everything in her craft room mm -hmm. um, and just dumping it into things. And I, part of me wishes that I could be that kind of person, you know, the Marie Kondo thing is going around yeah. um, to pretty much everywhere. And I feel like we can't have a podcast in this day and age without mentioning it. <laughs> um, but some of the, sometimes I wish I could just like have Allison come in and just throw away all my stuff, not to make my office into a music room, but just because I don't use it as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. And I don't really have reason. So I, I need to do something similar to that. <laughs> but that's off topic, because as mentioned previously, uh, Allison is planning on turning this into the music room. Uh, and she pulls out this big guitar or not guitar. Oh, my goodness. Not <laughs> oh my a guitar. Goodness. Not a guitar. I don't know what fancy word they called it. Uh, oh, Korg. It, Korg is the the brand name of that keyboard, and it's okay. a, kind of a famous keyboard for rock bands and stuff. So, okay. yeah. But still, that is good though that you said guitar because I'm like, I know you know that's not a guitar. It's a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of the fact that later on. Uh, Donnie asked about a bass, if he, mm -hmm. he should get a bass. And you can tell Allison's not feeling it because she's just like, do you want to get a bass? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, just whatever you want to do, honey. But really? Yeah. Very well, she's like, he, you know, he's like in his mode. He, you know, he didn't go to some, you know, retreat in California. Right. <laughs> he's still Donnie. Um, I mean, when he sees the glue gun, he flinches. He can't help that. Yeah. And he's, he's asking Allison, you know, what she wants him to do. And he's like, um, <clears throat> sorry. And she says, I don't need to tell you what to do anymore. You know, but she's mad because he's right. asking her. Um, and the face that Donnie has on at that moment is like, what, what you know, it's like, you know, who are you and what have you done with Allison? And right. I, what, how there will... would never be an opportunity that Allison wouldn't tell Donnie what to do. Yeah. So, so we'll see how that, uh, how that <laughs> turns out. The um, entire change of roles in mm -hmm. that relationship. Yeah. And Allison turns on the keyboard and I think we get a little bit of an answer because, you know, she turns on, and uses one of the automated, um, you know, beats in the in the Korg that's like pure Muzak, like swinging kind of jazzy pop Muzak. And I thought, well, it's not like Allison's gone completely off the rails musically. Yeah, <laughs> yet, she's not still yet. put together. <laughs> yeah, like her her clothing is you know very loose, very like basically if she was to go to say a party like a hippie party mm -hmm. and like had to go and find a costume to wear these this is similar to what she would yeah. wear no that's a good point yeah it's it's still yeah you and i you you know the stores or the catalogs where those clothes come from yeah. um and uh they are um they are not 
going too wild. <laughs> she's not going too wild, but she's no. going more less form fitting and more flowy. And uh, well, she looks nice, but she always, you know, she always was put together, as you as you put it. Um, I like how the guy, the makeup guy in the in the feature said that he, he didn't really change Allison's makeup, except the yeah. lipstick is like one shade more. What was the word? Primrose or something like it was not really a big change. Yeah, primrose pink or or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, basically it's just like we're not her switch over and adaptation to a different like mental mode is not as if Cosima had been had been put together like Allison and then all of a sudden she grows dreads and mm -hmm. and all of that or any of like comparison between well pretty much any of the clothes yeah. uh, she's still very Allison yeah and it's something that I gosh I know in you know, five seasons of this show we've mentioned a million times, but every clone has their own identity, mm -hmm. even when things change. So in a little bit, we're going to talk about Rachel, um, yeah. younger Rachel. That's not the actress that plays Charlotte. You know that that's still Rachel, even though the hair is very different. Mm hmm everything, every way that they present themselves. And the same is for uh, Allison, mm -hmm. even though her hair is different and she's supposed to be more free and like, <laughs> ah, but she's not like, she's very much yeah. still Allison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it goes for the, uh, the clone, you know, clone swapping too, as we can always tell when it's, Sarah playing Rachel or Allison playing Sarah. <laughs> so they, yeah. They carry, they, they have um, a personality that, um, that transcends, you know, exactly how they're put together. Um, but anyway, yeah. So let's go, let's follow this episode really is Rachel's story. Um, yeah. And from beginning to end, it's about, Rachel's journey now and starting with the actual journey of going back to the island um, and uh, leaving flowers on Susan's grave. Yeah. Very uh, coldly. <laughs> she's, yes. like, she's not really, I'm surprised she bothered really. <laughs> I think it was kind of, so you, you talked about this being Allison's journey and this, Definitely, you see her journey in parental units. Mm -hmm. um, so first it was leaky for a while, and then it became her actual mom. Susan mm -hmm. became her parent, and now Susan's dead, and so she's transitioned that over yeah. to PT. And also, don't forget her father, Ethan, was there for a very brief That tiny, moment. that's right. You I, know, and... Uh, I mean, she's more of a daddy's girl than a mommy's girl, and daddy is leaky, um, and uh, and Ethan, and and now PT, which at this grave site, they he's um, PT comes, you know, to again put his arm around her, uh, like you know he is really her parent now, um, and then you get a flashback. Uh, where PT is asking her to join him at the head of Neolution and, you know, he considers her a daughter and you think, you know, that's what she wants, right? Yeah, she wants, I, I think uh, a flaw in the plan for having Rachel be a clone that is aware of everything mm -hmm. is the fact that because she's aware that she's a clone and been in the scientific, like all uh, in the dyad line of being raised, mm -hmm. she never really had a family. She right. never had that connection that she had when she started, when she was young with um, her actual mom and dad. And then when, the fire happened mm -hmm. she be became this 
existence where she wasn't part of the family anymore. But additionally, she still had to do all of the sciencey things. Mm-hmm. And she has her number and she knows the number and she has to get the examinations. And it's just it has affected everything in every way that she does it. And that's that's rough. Yeah. Well, I mean, it starts off in this episode where, um, you know, PT introduces her to Cody and then he says, okay, you know, come get me after your examination. And she's like, examination. And, you know, Cody's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a biopsy, endometrial biopsy to see how the cure is working, you know, which isn't like a, a crazy idea, but it's so like, you know, so um unfeeling and unsolicitous towards her feelings because you know especially when they like when they start the exam like that's camera right on the speculum which Mm -hmm. and i sorry i can never see a speculum without going like like cringing a little because you know they they do look like torture instruments first of all they're medieval looking and women have to deal with this like instrument, you know, all the time. And I don't think anybody ever gets over like feeling like this is very invasive and uncomfortable. And I wish, you know, (laughs) I wish all my private parts weren't so hidden. (laughs) The only nice part is the fact that it was plastic and not metal. That was the only bonus. I didn't even notice that. I was like, ah, speculum. (laughs) That's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Cody is, uh, giving her an exam and taking samples. And again, those samples, uh, you know, as she says, this, you're going to feel a pinch, you know, or a prick or whatever they say. And it's like, you never get over that either. Like, honestly, my just <laughs> cringing yeah. right now talking about it. Even being a, someone who, you know, I gave birth, yeah. I have had things placed up that location. Uh, it's still, you know, exactly that feeling. Yeah. It, it's uh, there. You know, there's really no more invasive, like, exam you can have while you're still conscious, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, the, and they flash back, you know, to an examination with Leaky, where Rachel's, it's Rachel, but, you know, like a young Rachel, uh, you know, maybe teen, late teens or 20-something Rachel, um, where Leaky is not thank God, performing the examination, but he's yes. right there at the business end of the examination with the, with the doctor, male doctor, who is um, saying, you know, this tissue looks normal. Should we still do biopsies? And, and Leaky's like, yes, we'll still do them. And Rachel is like, is that really necessary? Like she knows she's, she's, she can participate. She thinks she's an equal partner in this or, you know, she, that's her goal. But, you know, Leaky's just like, eh, you know, I, I can't share the results with you, you know, so don't ask. And she s- says, don't patronize me. I have a right to know. And that's when Leaky says, you aren't exempt from the experiment, Rachel. And yeah. that is very cold. Um, and, you know, it, it's again, it's like treating these. They're, they're treating Rachel right at that moment like a lab rat, as is Cody. Yes. Um, and especially when she sees in that examination room with Cody before Cody comes in to examine her, she sees her record and she sees her tag number, her ID number on the record, um, which, you know, there was a flashback as well to Rachel signing an, a contract with uh, PT that frees her from being a patented, you know, organism. And that he says, no more tags, no more monitors, no more, you know, of this. You're basically your free person. And it turns out that's not really true. Nope. And the way, once again, Westmoreland has presented his master management way 
to manipulate the people that work with him. He mm-hmm. gives them exactly what he thinks they need, mm-hmm. whether this is what they want or not. So he tells them, so he told Rachel, hey, this is, you know, your contract, you're free, you're no longer, you know, this person and or this this experiment you're a true person and then turns around and nope just kidding yeah here yeah here you know i'm handing you off to cody and uh it's another thing you've you've brought this up before which uh i thought was very uh good analysis of how he he sets his allies against each other so no one can like join together and ally against him. So Cody yep. and Rachel, when they have that first handshake, you know, Cody's like, I'm really honored to meet you. And Rachel is like, the feeling is mutual. And I'm pretty sure that was <laughs> all that mutual admiration society, at least on Rachel's part was like, eh, forget it. I, you know, I no longer <laughs> want to be Cody's friend. Right. Um, anyway, Cody was kind of cracking me up because she was if you didn't know anything about her and you didn't uh, and you know she you just saw her as a doctor one GYN doctor she had a very nice bedside manner right she's so polite <laughs> she's and like, respectful and right. oh i know this is hard blah 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 she's blah, calm blah. and she's you know she's you know but then you know as she's performing this examination and she tells Rachel, basically, yeah, you have me to thank for the fact that Susan's not around anymore. Right. And you could see the face. Uh, Rachel's face was just like, oh, my gosh, you killed my mom. Mm -hmm. Even though she didn't really want that to be like it, it wasn't her active thought where she was like, oh, I don't like whoever killed my mom Mm -hmm. type of a thing. It was very much a. I still wanted to believe that you, that my mom was trying yeah. to, yeah, she still is connected to her mother. Right. It's, I mean, she has so little in the way of family. Yeah. And oh. even though she, you know, stabbed her mom, she didn't necessarily want to murder her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so let's leave the island of Dr. Westmoreland, yes. Dr. Cody, <laughs> and uh, go to, uh, so back with Mrs. S and um, the rabbit hole. So basically the, the rest of this uh, episode is very much intertwined because you have, Stuff happening on the Neolution side where they're moving towards um, extracting Kira's eggs and stuff on the Mrs. S and uh, Rabbit Hole team, Team Rabbit Hole, that uh, is trying to figure out how to um, keep that from happening. So, uh, yeah, when um, Mrs. S is talking to the, to the, guys to Scotty and, and Hell Wizard and Kasima and you know they uh they think maybe the board of Neolution doesn't know that PT is a fraud. Like if they can figure out who he is, they could use the board, um, you know, inform the board and that could upset the whole plan. And that's where uh, Hell Wizard is on the computer and saying, White Cambridge nerds, present yourself. <laughs> Dead White Cambridge nerds, present <laughs> yourself. <laughs> and so they're going to go in and do some kind of research uh, with a Google search on steroids somehow <laughs> to find men who died in the 60s who were Cambridge students, probably studying history or philosophy. <laughs> um, and let's see. Uh, and then back with Rachel, where she does meet up with PT, um, she uh, she says, like, you know, in the future, I choose my own physician. 
and I require advance notice. And he's like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I was, you know, surprised Rachel didn't even just put her foot down at the moment and say, you know, this is not how it's going to work. Because that would have, of course, had the gloves off a lot sooner. Um, And she, she, uh, she's there. I forget exactly how the sequence goes, but um, at one point she's overhearing PT and Frontenac. So the scary guy back at Dyad is are discussing Kira and PT is asking him if he, he thinks that Rachel's going to be too attached to Kira, you know, to pull this off. So um, he gets off that conversation and Rachel's like, who's that? You know? And he says, well, I have many people who report to me and that's been noted throughout where Rachel says like, oh, you seem to have your sources everywhere in Dyad. Um, and at that moment when he says that, he he has this like iPad thingy, <laughs> very, very <laughs> modern looking uh, iPad that he, he sort of like sticks in a drawer and closes the drawer. But Right. It's, it's extra fancy. It's very fancy. You cannot buy this at the Apple store uh, and you can't get the peripherals for it, I'm hoping. Um, but the you know they they draw attention to that and you know Rachel notices that and uh PT is talking to Rachel about Kira as well and and she says you know don't worry about me i i am devoted to this plan and then he says i want you to bring her back to the island after the procedure and then Rachel is kind of like ah oh, you know that by you know, our change of tactic with Sarah is what brought us in. Like, you know, by semi-cooperating with Sarah and not going all full-on kidnapping, they've been able to brought, bring Kira in to Dyad and PT gets angry and says, like, you know, who are you? whose side are you arguing now? And basically says, you know, I'll see you later. <laughs> so, uh, um. And, oh, and there, and while there's talking, there's like somebody being brought down to the basement, and Rachel is like, "Who is that?" And he's like, "Oh, Cody has a visitor." And I, I totally forgot about this. I was so surprised. Were you? I like, I mean, it makes total sense um, mm-hmm. because obviously, it, it this is Cody's side piece. Mm-hmm. I guess um, they're not like I don't think they're sexually no, active I think so together. Either. But like this is he was missing. Yeah, we had he was not around yet. And so I was like, okay, this makes sense. Like let's see how this works and it then he sh- it, it's him and I was like, okay, like this hmm. work. Sweet. Yeah, they take off so she gets this hooded cuffed prisoner and says uncuff him and then you know to leave to the the guard guy and and the hood comes off and it's mark and it's like it's so interesting how you know you know it's not ira right <laughs> it's definitely mark it's not rudy you know it's uh and uh so he's there because she says she'll cure him if if he helps and uh and she yeah she's really creepy she's like yeah being in love it really gives you a reason to live doesn't it and you know sorry gracie's not here to help but here you go i need some ejaculate right <laughs> so she's equally she's, she's a yeah she's equal opportunity like cold to her right. subject i was going to say like this is so Different than how she was presenting herself to Rachel, like yeah. 180 degrees, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, he's like, oh, you know, that wasn't part of our deal. <laughs> uh, but I'm guessing what the deal was has to do with Helena and the fact that he has information on how to find Helena, yeah. which 
the next scene is Helena sleeping in the convent and there's somebody that's coming to visit and it's Gracie. And so this is the only bit of this scene. And I'm like, next episode better be about this whole thing because if not, I'm <laughs> slightly angry. Um, yeah. But I'm guessing that Gracie's there to get Helena out. At least that's what I'm hoping. We'll see. Obviously, don't know they for show sure. You, so, you know, they, it's so very glancingly mentioned and even you know the scene itself is it doesn't give you a clue um yeah. i'm surprised the helena didn't throttle her just because <laughs> right. like, well granted we did only see her like waking up and we didn't see what happens mm. right after well that's true but no she just get to say what are you doing here whereas like uh the feral helena wouldn't bother asking <laughs> just Right. Proceed with the uh, violence. So I guess, you know, but we know that being pregnant um, has, has, you know, made Helena a lot more gentle than she was before. Um, yeah. So, you know, Rachel, she, of course, she had spotted this, uh, you know, tablet, whatever the tablet was. And, you know, she sneaks into PT's office to find it. So what did you think? Like, I didn't know what was coming when I first saw this. And I was I, like, oh, my God. I couldn't yeah. even tell what was going on because I was so uh, clueless. Yeah. I was like, what the – how is this like – because it was an infinity, like, view. view. And it wasn't until you see her hand – like, she puts her hand up to, like, mm -hmm. look at the viewer. That's – that's when it finally clicked as to what this was a viewer of. Mm -hmm. And I was so confused until then. And yeah. and even then I, I do have some questions um, okay. as usual, <laughs> but like, it seems like audio is available sometimes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's possible like maybe, a lot of things are bugged too, where Rachel yeah. is. Yeah. And so okay, that would make more sense. I think that would make. I, I don't see how you get audio out of an eye, a, an artificial eye. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> that I kind mean, of I, audio. Question things, but like in in the future when she's you know has the patch over her eye, like there's noises that you would think that Westmoreland would realize that she wasn't asleep, or I don't know. But that's yeah. fine. We discover where the eyeball came from and how the glitching was happening. And yeah. you can tell that Rachel is having a difficult time. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And... It's one of those times where she gets that, like that shook look. And uh, one of the reviews I was reading of this episode, they gave it the uh, subtitle of like Rachel and the tablet of infinite. Uh, oh shoot. I forgot the word. Um, infinite betrayal. The Tablet of Infinite Betrayal. Cause, That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. So so now she knows, and we know. I had no idea. It didn't even occur to me that, like, once you know that the, that the artificial eye was a monitoring device, it's like, of course it is. Like, I don't know how that technology works at all, but of course um, – you don't just get technology for free from Neolution. Right. And uh, yeah, so Rachel now knows and she's going and she's going back, you know, to go to Dyad to supervise Kira's uh, harvesting. Um, but they, then they have a flashback with Rachel and Leaky again, where she's giving him some autopsy results and he's looking at him and she's like, you know, she's about as cold as she can be. You know, I took the initiative um, to do this and talking about, you know, the results of this, the illness spreading in this particular clone and Leaky, you know, pulls down the the sheet over the corpse and he's like, it's, well, it's Punk Lita. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. her name, but it's, it's Tatiana Maslany with a blue mohawk shaved head, like, that, which I thought was really, you know, they were probably thinking, we'd love to have a clone like this, but we can't really fit one more in, but we could have a dead one. 
<laughs> well, and it's easier too, just from like a planning standpoint, to have um, a bald cap without all of the hair tucked yeah. underneath. Mm-hmm. So they can just braid it really tightly and have the braid go down her neck. Oh, yeah. Because she's on her back and she's not going to move. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, uh, then, and Leaky is even shocked because he's like, you, you killed her. And she's like, why should we wait? We need more information. You would wait, you know, until she died of natural causes. And uh, he uh, he says, you know, what are you? You know, Neil Lucian raises me to be objective, she says. And he's like, well, you're raised by a corporation. And when I don't even know what you are, which honestly, it seemed a little uh, disingenuous coming from Leakey because he's been the main um agent of this corporate parenting and he should know exactly what she is. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there is, uh, Rachel back Kira, um, you know, they're ready to start the process with Kira. Um, and Rachel says, go ahead and let her, let her talk to her mother. And oh. I, I was feeling bad yeah. for you in this one. I was—I mean, I was feeling bad, and I was like, I don't know how somebody could do this. Like, and I think that the you know the the acting of Sarah in this scene was was really good because and and Kira too. Yeah. So basically, Kira is telling a story using their agreed upon code words and code names and all of this stuff, and it's. Basically, uh, Elephant is telling Mouse that Mouse is going to Wonderland, which basically is saying Mouse is going or Mouse <laughs> Kira is going to uh, the island, which mm-hmm. Kira's having a hard time. And Sarah manages to keep it together, but I've done that face before that super stress, like mm-hmm. any of that. And it's just so. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, well, she's like, you know, oh, that's not the end of the story. You know, you're going to come home. We're going to write the end together. And, and uh, you know, I've never been so proud of you, which yes. was like, oh. Ugh. So, but, you know, on the plus side, Kira got the info out. And uh, if Miss, Mrs. S doesn't break out the rifle now, <laughs> she uh, right. You feel, that's what she thinks going to happen next is like a, a full, you know, full uh, assassin unit on uh, Dyad. But that, in fact, is not what happens. Um, because next we see Rachel and she's she's got her martini glass and her bottle of gin and going into the going into that video suite where she watches her childhood videos and. She's getting drunk. Um, She's getting completely wasted. And my question for uh, fellow incomparable uh, podcast robot or not is: if is it a martini? If it's just vodka being poured into a martini glass? Oh, <laughs> because yeah. that's just what oh. she's doing the entire time. I mean, what is what really? Yeah, I mean, I think she'd be better served with a shot glass, but. Yeah. Uh, turns out martini glass was important to the plot, um, I, <laughs> to yes. put it mildly. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, and, you know, at this point, she knows PT is watching everything. So, and PT calls, wondering if she's all right, um, right. because he can see what she's doing, drinking and wallowing in childhood videos. And yeah, we'd all wonder if she's all right. And uh, um, she's like, no, don't worry. We're, we're doing the thing. And, Frontenac brings Kira to Rachel, you know, and she says she'll be the one to sedate her. And, um, you know, she's getting a little scary, Rachel, like, you know, Kira's sensing that. And Kira says, like, who hurt you? Um, And at that moment, you know, Rachel says all of them. And, uh, And then there's like Kira on video conference with couldn't be more creepy uh, P.T. Westmoreland saying, hello, Kira. 
you know, like, do you know how important you are? I know. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> I just was like, this, it feels so gross. Yeah. And it's so, he's trying to use his charm, but Kira is prepped in a way that she's aware that the charm isn't important. Yeah, she's, uh, she's been there, done that. Um, I have to say, like, you know, Westmoreland, I, I find him, you know, he is so creepy and he, he's such a great actor. And of course it got me like interested, like I must have seen him in something before. Right. And this is interesting because if you go to his IMDB record, the actor, Stephen McCaddy, you think like, I, I frequently look people up, right? So <laughs> I, I go, I'm impressed when they have like a hundred credits, you know, that's a lot, you know, even for an older person, maybe, you know, even more than that. But he has 208 credits on IMDb wow. acting credits. And I'm like, I feel like I haven't seen him in anything. And I started scrolling through them and I'm like, yeah, this looks like a lot of Canadian TV plus, you know, like the occasional appearance on some U.S. series. And he was never like the lead of anything or whatever. You know, it just seemed like, wow, he was really, he is, I don't think he's, I think he's still alive. He is really like the kind of, you know, journeyman actor. He he just, you know, he'd have four or five credits a year. Um, but then, of course, I hit uh, Star Trek. I mean, he was in Star Trek Enterprise on two episodes, but, you know, that's not so interesting to me. But in Deep Space Nine, he was in this episode called In the Pale Moonlight, which is considered like the best episode of Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, you know, and one of the best episodes ever. And I didn't really remember too much about it. So, of course, I I like queued it up and looked for where he was. And he's he plays a, a Romulan leader. He's a senator, a Romulan senator. And he's, I mean, he's the main Romulan who uh, Captain Sisko is trying to uh, work with to turn him, turn the Romulans against the Dominion. And it's a turning point in the show. And it's a really famous scene. And it's him as, as Senator Vrenak of Romulans. And Romulan makeup is not so heavy that you can't tell who he is. Who the and of is. course, and the voice is there. And it's really good. So anyway, if you have never watched Star Trek, you probably won't dive right into season six of Deep Space Nine. But if you haven't watched In the Pale Moonlight in a while and you do watch Orphan Black, you might want to rewatch it. Crossover. <laughs> Crossover <laughs> moment. <laughs> anyway, cause, so he, he has that. It's not a big scene, but it's a very scary one with Kira. And so now we are at the point, at the rabbit hole, they finally identified who he was. Um, John Patrick Mathiason. And it turns out he's from Texas of all places too, which made what? me go like, Texas? <laughs> that right. fits somehow. Um, he's not British or, you know, he's not uh, at all. He's, he's, he's a Texan. And uh, so Kasima tells Sarah and Sarah s sends the news to Rachel and is calling her up and saying like, listen, PT's a total fraud. And I don't think Rachel knew this, even though she pretends she does, because she knows that PT is watching and apparently listening to her. Um, and she is now um, acting very heartless. You know, when Sarah says, you've got to let Kira come home, she needs her family. You know, I'm sorry, you didn't have your family. But, you know, don't do to Kira what was done to you. And Rachel's like, yeah, it's out of my hands. And uh, um, so, you know, we think things are going apace. Kira, uh, it's interesting, like how she mentions it's out of her hands. And then one of the next things you see is her fidgeting again with the, with the cuticles. And Kira puts her hands on Rachel's hands and says, you know, my mother does that. And... Uh, Again, be, being very sympathetic towards Rachel. And Kira um, does get the sedative, though. Rachel makes her drink it. And you think, okay, that's how things are going to go. When uh, yep. And it gets even worse because Rachel 
tells Frontenac that Sarah and Mrs. S know what they're planning for Kira. So, you know, don't pull any punches, go take care of them, you know, then basically I think, oh, great. You know, Kira's getting this operation and Mrs. S and Sarah are now in mortal danger from evil Frontenac. Yes. Was just so scary because I'm just like, oh my goodness. Because so this whole thing with Rachel, you're like, okay, this is finally the time when Rachel is coming back. She's going to be like nice and kind, or maybe not nice or kind, but like she's going to contribute. But then she sends Frontenac out, and you're just like, oh my goodness. And but then you see she's playing with the little necklace and she's looking at the necklace and with her right hand, she is sending a text. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And then the next scene hops over and art is showing up at S's house. And it's like, and of course S is like, what the hell are you doing here? He's like, you won't believe it. So that gave me kind of a soothing breath. Yep. What you need. Like, okay, this is on purpose. Like, and it makes sense because so Rachel's getting ready for bed, closes her eye, puts the eye patch on, and then. Yeah, she's meditating. She sits in front of the meditation center. You know, so yeah, she closes her eyes, and that makes sense. She's meditating. But while her eyes are closed, she has her eye patch handy. And this is the part where I was like, okay, does the audio not work? Because as soon as she puts the eye patch on, she gets up and she goes into Kira into the room that Kira is at and like pulls Kira out and yeah. that's noise that you wouldn't think. Yeah. And so that was all very confusing. Oh, I see fine. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it wouldn't, but it could be that he just wasn't paying attention then or had the sound turned off because he, she was meditating. Like mm-hmm. she wouldn't need to have, he wouldn't need to have that audio on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, then we go over to S's house where the whole big team of basically the SWAT is there mm-hmm. to like front neck comes in and he's all like, Oh, what's going on? Where are they? And like calls PT and tells them that they aren't there, which PT is like, Oh, that's weird. Uh, and looks at the, um, the tablet and sends a glitch mm-hmm. to her. And like, all of this is happening while Rachel is like passing safe Kira safely over to S and Sarah and Art and they're in the elevator and like just all of these things are going and the entire time mm-hmm. like Rachel keeps glitching and you can tell she's waste like she's so drunk mm-hmm. um, and she's everyone's kind of having a difficult time but Rachel is definitely having the worst time Um especially because as things are going to happen, you know that she's, she's mentally been prepping for this all day, basically. (laughs) Yeah. The alcohol is purposeful. Yes. That's what I realized. She's not just getting drunk. She's getting sedated, you know, numbed. Right. Numbing herself up the old fashioned way. As best as she can. (laughs) Um, So she still has the patch on and she's, goes to the computer to send out an email to the board and people with the uh, newspaper clipping. Yeah, of PT, the original (laughs) uh, obituary for who PT really is. And uh, I did like go back and pause on that because you can actually read the email. Um, And she just says, like, it's come to my attention. He's not who he says he is. He's a fraud. She says his anomaly is his ability to deceive, which is a great line that you wouldn't see normally unless, you know, (laughs) it's I I appreciate it that even the email was uh, well written. (laughs) Right. Of course. Of course, it's well written. You know, this is Rachel. She's been trained from birth, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's very... It's very Rachel, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, yeah. So then we have the last bit, uh, <laughs> which, yeah, she takes <sighs> off the patch. And now PT can see what she's doing, which is pouring another a shot of, I think it's gin based on the fact that the bottle is 
square, but whatever it is. I mean, she, it's entirely possible. Yeah. I I don't like gin, so I never think of it unless I have to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but with the olives, it would make sense that it was gin, but um, gin or whatever it is. It doesn't the, matter. Right? Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, it's kind of funny in the in the um, science recap of, of this episode that's um, on the Mary Sue. I thought there'd be a lot about like the hormones that they're treating uh, Kira with, or you know what the the various uh, biopsies or whatever. But they basically mainly discussed whether alcohol could get you. Uh, numb enough to do what Rachel is going to do. (laughs) And the answer is probably not. Um, Right. Additionally, (laughs) alcohol makes you bleed more. And like, there's a reason that they try. I mean, from my extensive outlander information, um, they, they try not to do alcohol as a sedative um, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So she takes this last swig of of the gin and or vodka, and uh, she, um, and then then she smashes the glass so that the stem is still left, and it's like got the sharp, pointy, super sharp, pointy. Okay. And so the next like part of the show is like practically it's only one minute long. It feels like. Ten minutes, so much longer. I timed it. I went back and looked because I think I said to you, I was holding my breath for the last three minutes, but it's not <laughs> not really true. And uh, PT can see this as well. And I mean, that's kind of the the beauty of this scene is that you know the artificial eye is is the camera, and she gets to basically you know the artificial eyes is his eye on her and. Yeah. So by doing what she's going to do, she that's her way of wounding him as well. Yeah, and but she ouch. takes that in and stabs it and basically gouges it out. Gouges lots it of out. noises, yes. lots of blood. Yes. yes. All of all of that and, and and yeah, and pain like she, she's like the I think it's one time you actually hear Rachel like you know making the noises like as much as she's trying to repress them she's yes. she's grunting and, and moaning in pain as she yes. does this I'm like ah oh. which and, makes sense because she's it, it's got to hurt yeah I yeah mean, and yeah uh, but eventually like she gets it out it's sitting on the floor uh Westmoreland no longer has the connection and I'm sure, especially because there's that, you know, emancipation document, mm-hmm. uh, she's now not owned by Dyad anymore or Westmoreland or whoever you, that it was that mm-hmm. legally owned the patents and things. And she's probably has, even though she's covered with blood and in so much pain, I'm sure the sense of relief is just massive. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that seems to be the way they, they go out on um, this scene and the, and the episode is, yes, she's, she's in a, in a position of, you know, sort of surrender. Um, yeah. And again, too, and we talked about it a little bit, she's always had a parental figure. Yeah. And now they're all dead or dead to her. Yeah, she's on her own. Um, so, well, you ready for another episode? Yeah. <laughs> or do you, do you feel you've seen enough? Like, oh, we yeah. can kind you of figure what out. What... We can just stop this podcast here. I definitely don't need to know <laughs> that Kara makes it out safe or that Kasima's healed or what happens with the babies or if Rachel comes onto the clones. Yep. Nope. I don't care. Yeah. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm ready for the next one. So thank you for listening to this episode of SestraCast. You can find us online at SestraCast.com. We are on Twitter at SestraCast. Jean is on uh both Twitter and micro.blog as 
at Mac Genie and I am at Mrs. Soup. And we are a part of the amazing and comparable network where you can find a wide variety of other shows to listen to, including where I'm currently recapping the amazingly terrible masked singer uh, show, which is not anything like this show, and it's so delightful. <laughs> so oh, we'll put a, we'll put a link to the show notes and that for that. I mean, because maybe people need a little palate cleanser after yeah. Orphan Black. And I will be recording another episode of that right after this, which makes me very happy because there's a lot less blood. <laughs> it wouldn't take much. Oh my no. god. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Woo. Did we say, did we finish? Or? I think so. Okay. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I realized that it didn't quite, like, I can, I can record a quick, like. Yeah, just say, you know. Yeah. I hope you have a great day. I don't think you said that. I, I didn't. I didn't. Let me do a quickie. So thank you once again for joining us on this journey, and I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. Perfect. Okay, that's better. Bye.